ladies and gents. Welcome ladies back. And gents. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gents. <laughs> That's how we used to introduce our talk show in the back of mom and dad's car. <laughs> yep. Michelle, we used to have a show called The Michelle Show. Apparently, I wasn't important enough. Sometimes when you're the older sibling, you just make everything about yourself. And I got to be your Ed McMahon. Yeah, you were my Chewy. I was your Chewy. Yeah. I was your Higgins. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, everyone, to Watching Up. I'm Rachel. I'm Michelle. And we're here to talk about all the things that happened last week. <laughs> Again, it's been a, like every week I feel like it's been two weeks. Yeah, it feels like it's been forever. Full of I, We must have, yeah, we must be like upping our content intake. I think we are. Because, yeah, I feel like I'm constantly just like, oh, I have to watch this. I have to catch up on this. I have to do this, this, this. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. By the way, happy one month of recording podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> wow, I didn't Today even realize. Today is exactly one month since we started recording. Feels like just yesterday. <laughs> we Feels started. like 20 years. <laughs> You're like, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we were just wee babies back then. <laughs> we didn't know anything, now we know everything. Now we know it all, mention it all. Mention it all see you even you even know housewives like like sayings but you've never watched it I know I know all the references yeah oh my gosh it was a big weekend in like the bravo verse I saw I like one one of the I guess I could just dive in because this was a big part of my weekend and I'm gonna talk about my weekend but like there there comes a time when you're a Bravo fan and every so often it it happens that something will happen in the Bravo universe and everybody will collectively like lose their minds because it's so dramatic Mm -hmm. and when that happens it's really fun to watch everyone literally like have a meltdown over these like reality stars that no one knows personally (laughs) yeah but like when you're on twitter and like literally everybody is like spiraling it's so fun (laughs) and so like this past weekend um the stars of vanderpump rules which actually was the first show that got me into bravo it was the first show i kind of like binge watched and then that kind of like spun off into me watching like real housewives of beverly hills and that spun off and so it's kind of the og show that i watched but there was some major drama cheating allegations of these like people within the same friend group Tom was like he cheated with some one of their friends so yeah the like staples of like this friend group from the very beginning include two toms tom sandoval right and tom schwartz they've been like in it through the beginning like lisa vanderpump like names her restaurants after them like tom tom (laughs) tom tom (laughs) like they're just like these staples of the franchise so tom schwartz has been in a relationship with Ariana for nine years like and this show's been on like I think it's in it's like 14th season or something so like the bulk of the show he's been with his uh girlfriend Ariana wait this is Tom Schwartz or Sandoval Sandoval okay and so this season has been kind of different because there's been a lot of breakups within the like friend group so this girl Raquel was dating 
DJ James Kennedy, the white Kanye. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh they God. they got engaged last <laughs> season, but they broke up. So they were single. Katie and Tom Schwartz were married. They got a divorce. And then Ariana and Tom Sandoval were still together when the season started. So throughout the season, they've been like planting these seeds of Raquel and Tom Schwartz kind of like flirting with each other. Tom, uh-huh. the Tom who just got divorced and Raquel uh-huh. who just broke off her engagement, like flirting with each other, like like kind of like testing out the waters to see if like the friend group would be mad if they like hooked up or like whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. So over the weekend, this news breaks like it, that that was kind of like they were kind of trying to throw us off track, I guess, with that little relationship because Damn. Raquel has been cheating with Tom Sandoval, the one that's in a nine-year relationship for seven that's months. Crazy. They've been like sneaking that's around. That's some premeditated shit. They've been <laughs> sneaking around behind her back and like it's just mind blowing like like it's not mind blowing that he would cheat but it's just yeah. like the way that it happened it, uh, it always happens like within their like friend group mm-hmm. is just crazy so like that news broke and everyone was like wait are they like reporting the wrong tom like everyone was so confused and then they were right. like no <laughs> it's literally oh like gosh. it was like a they were trying to throw us off their scent or something like by like yeah pretending to like have something and then everyone's like well is that was tom schwartz doing it like to like Like cover for his friend like basically and it's just like so shady so if you haven't watched vanderpump rules i highly recommend it like the first few seasons are like peak reality television (laughs) they're so good do they still make it yeah it's like it's airing right now and like what happened was this news broke they had already wrapped filming but bravo decided to pick up the cameras again and like catch like all the fallout so we're probably gonna get like all this drama like within this season that we're watching right now Mm -hmm. and this is all happening before they film the reunion so it's gonna be oh my god a shit show Ew, that's so shady. It's super shady. And like, so Ariana, I'm sure that people are like, yeah, like everyone's on her side. Like she broke up with him immediately. Apparently, she found like pictures on his phone from the other girl or like a video or something. Mm-hmm. And like they like own a house together. Like it's like a deep. Like she never wanted to get married. That was her thing. But if she like what like was a person that wanted to get married, they probably would be married. Like you know, yeah. Um, do we? know how the news broke or like was it her that figured it out or I don't really know it was TMZ so you know they have their like little sneaky little inside people (laughs) I mean the the friend group is so like gossipy that it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me that like somebody told somebody who told somebody who called TMZ like you know like they all talk in that sort of way about each other Mm -hmm. so it's just insane yeah so like a lot (laughs) there's like either like two groups of people on Twitter right now people that are like freaking out about that and then like I see people posting memes just like sitting alone in a cafe and it's like when you've never watched Vanderpump Rules before like, <laughs> yeah. and you I don't know. know who these people are literally everyone has been losing their minds and yeah I'm just like I guess when you don't know the people it's kind of just like well people cheat like it happens every day yeah, but when you <laughs> but- yeah but when you've watched like the stories of their relationships like unfold on camera and like it just makes it that it's like it's almost yeah. like if this happened to your friend almost right. like not <laughs> saying like friend. not I'm like not delusional like Ariana's not my friend but like <laughs> you like learn enough 
enough about people to where you feel kind of like connected to them I guess yeah so totally that's so crazy yeah, yeah. it makes me moments like this I'm like I wish I was in on it <laughs> it's so fun like not like I'm like oh yay the couple's demise but it's just like yeah. it's funny to see everybody like literally have a meltdown right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I'm sure it's fun to like go back and see like the seeds that have been planted I guess like yeah people like are like saying, posting like, little Thomas clips Sanders from short. like this season where it like maybe it's like an easter egg or like they're like right. trying to like make it look I don't know it's just yeah so stupid but... absurd absurd absolutely absurd <laughs> But anyways, yeah, like that was part of my weekend. That happened Friday, like mm-hmm. afternoon, and I was like, I can't focus on work. What a, Just kidding. What a way to kick off the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I actually had my first outing since my she- surgery. <laughs> She was scooting. Yeah, it's been like two weeks since I left the house. Highly recommend leaving the house. Um, <laughs> it like did wonders for my mood, but we went to the movies and then we went in. It was like a really nice weekend in Dallas, like after the storms and everything. And so we went and sat at um, Desert Racer and had some drinks with my friend nice. Allison. And then Sunday That's we fun. ran some errands. We went to Target. It was good to be back. Yeah, good to be back at home, home sweet home. Back where I belong. (laughs) And then, yeah, just went and did some returns and stuff, but it was great. Yay. How was your weekend? (laughs) It was fine. Um, I I just went out, me and some friends went out for one of their birthdays, and we went out and celebrated. Um, Oh, yeah, like you said, P6. Yeah, we were at P6. Like you said, there were some storms that kind of blew through Texas. Um, we were having like tornado warnings and stuff like that and so um, after that kind of blew over it was like a lovely (laughs) lovely weekend a great time to be outside Mm -hmm. so we went to um, this Mexican place called Griselda's yeah your food looked bomb it was really good and I was not expecting the brunch menu like you can apparently you can only order off the brunch menu Mm -hmm. when it's brunch time but I ended up getting migas and they were delicious Mm. and we sat outside and then we like you said we went to P6 which is kind of like a it's not a rooftop but basically a rooftop bar um, in the line hotel in downtown Austin Mm -hmm. and it's a really good vibe and it has a view of Ladybird Lake and so we just kind of chilled out there and had a couple drinks mm-hmm. and it was fun. That's fun. Yeah. Again, getting out of the house is always good, especially when it's nice and sunny and not too hot. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I get in a rut where I'm like, I just don't want to do anything. I mean, I think it's been even worse, obviously, since I've been injured, but yeah. um, I think just putting in the effort to like go out like makes the world of difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then last week, I I actually started physical therapy. Okay, I saw this on the list and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. Like, I didn't even know you were going through this. Yeah, well, yeah. So for the last couple of years, I have been dealing with TMJD, which is also known as TMJ. It's it's just like, um, uh, just like issues with your jaw, I guess, and mm-hmm. like the muscles around it. Um, so I do I do a lot 
lot of clenching basically is what has brought on the issue. Like and at night you grind your teeth or just all the time? Um, It started, I think, just at night and it's kind of evolved into an all the time thing, depending, I guess, on like, it, you know, it has to do with like stress and stuff like that. But it's also, I think at this point, it's just like a habit, I guess. Uh-huh. And it's hard to like stop. Like when I notice myself doing it, I obviously try to stop, but it's just kind of a default at this point. Yeah. And so I've always had like a my jaw always has kind of like popped out whenever I open my mouth really wide and stuff like that. But I think the pain with the clenching has just started like a couple years ago. And so I've just been kind of on this journey of like trying to figure out how to treat it and like what's going to work for me and all of that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, thank you, American healthcare system, but TMJ treatment is like usually not covered by anything. So um, I've been trying to to find find ways that are affordable that I can you know pay for but also like get the most um I don't know the most success from I guess Mm -hmm. so the main thing I I talk about it every time I go to the dentist and like stuff like that they've given me referrals for Botox they've given me referrals to like joint specialists and all of that kind of stuff and um every time I look into it it's just like so expensive and I'm just like awesome well let me see what else I can try (laughs) before I take that route so um, annoying. So I've been doing things like I've gotten a new pillow to sleep on. I've gotten like a, a mattress topper to kind of make my alignment more correct, I guess, while I'm sleeping. And the main thing I th- that people have told me, and I know like over the last few years, I've heard it many, many times, Botox can help, like Botox can help like relax the muscles, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I know this. But when it comes to Botox, one, like I said, it can be very expensive. And And two, I just kind of, for some reason, have, like, I feel a little anxious about Botox. I don't know why. Like, I've never had it. it's a foreign being that they put (laughs) inside of you. It's literally poison. Like, yeah. yeah. And I know that, you know, people get it every single day. Like, it's not a huge deal. But I don't, I've never had it. So I don't know, like, if I'm going to have some sort of reaction or, like, what the deal will be. Mm. And it's, especially when it's, like, your face. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to botch it. You don't want to. Right. Exactly. So I've been trying to find other routes to take before I go that route, which honestly I do end up, I do think I'll end up trying Botox at some point, but Mm -hmm. um, this step I'm taking is physical therapy so that, you know, when you go to the dentist, they're not specialists with like that joint, you know, Mm -hmm. they look at your teeth, so they only really can tell you so much as far as what to do for your jaw. But um, I went to my first appointment last week and they did like a lot of like assessing and like asking me questions and like touching and feeling my jaw and like the movement and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and um from what they can tell at this point it it sounds like one side of my jaw is like hyper mobile Mm -hmm. and so in addition to the stress on those muscles from clenching there's also stress on them from like trying to hold my bite into place basically since that side of my jaw kind of just wants to move around whenever I move my mouth those muscles are like working overtime Mm -hmm. basically so I don't know I'm gonna go back and like like I said the first appointment was a lot of just like assessing so I want to go back and see what their actual like forms of treatment are gonna be Mm -hmm. 
um, and like get an idea of what they think will be beneficial for me. They mentioned like dry needling as an alternative to Botox. And so I might look into that. Mm -hmm. Um, But shit ain't cheap. (laughs) Let's just say that. (laughs) I feel bad. I'm sorry you're going through that. I didn't know. It's okay. I'm just trying not to like get used to it, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like. So you don't just be like, I'll just live with it. Right. Like I was telling them, like, I feel like the pain's gotten better, but I can't tell if it's like actually gotten better or if I've just gotten used to it. (laughs) My gosh. What is it about your 30s, man? Like, I feel like we both hit 30 and like we're falling apart. We're falling to pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally, I've never had a sports injury until I hit 30 and I've played sports my entire life. Like, I don't understand. Your ankles got weak. They caught up to me. Fragile. Your jaw's attacking you. My jaw is is going to eat me from the inside out. We could write a screenplay about that. (laughs) TMJ. (laughs) A horror movie. Yeah. I always feel weird, though, calling it TMJD because that's like the technical term, but TMJ is the one you always hear. Why would it be wrong to say just TMJ? Because TMJ refers to like the joint. Mm, I forgot what the the full name is. Well, TMJD is like the joint disorder. Mm. So it's like when you have issues with like clenching uh, when you say TMJ, you're just talking about like your jaw. You're not talking about yeah. anything wrong with it. Got it. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I think either are just as acceptable. <laughs> well, keep me updated. I will. I'll keep you posted. We're it's getting funny our me- ailments addressed. <laughs> it's funny me thinking about you going to like physical therapy for your mouth because you're just like, they're like open. <laughs> yeah like what do you they did like oh yeah that was another thing is they gave me like a couple things to like do at home so the reason I the thing that like prompted me to go is I had seen uh like some like micro influencer who lives in Austin like she has a whole highlight about her like TMJ journey and how like I said she has trouble finding places that will treat it that her ins- that take her insurance and like all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so she recommended this place that I go to um so there is an out-of-pocket amount that I have to pay until I meet my deductible so that's just the only thing but at least they take my insurance period so yeah um but what Shout they do out. there is like an intraoral massage so they'll <laughs> go inside your mouth like they're wearing gloves obviously they go inside your mouth and like stretch out the muscle and it felt it's not pleasant like it, it hurts <laughs> But it really, I feel like it's really going to help because that muscle, I could just feel how, how tense tight. that muscle is. Yeah. Tight. And I was wonder like, if there's like some sort of, I mean, I guess maybe that's what Botox does is it, does it just like relax? Yeah. So it makes it so you, you know, like when you get it in your forehead, it makes it so you can't like utilize those muscles mm. basically. Like it, it just um paralyzes them. When you get of. it in your jaw and I'll get it in my forehead. <laughs> Because it's about Botox. Botox. I've thought about getting it between my eyebrows because that's the place where I feel like at night I'll like scrunch my eyebrows and, and I'll wake up with like a huge indentation there. I have just like the ones across. We're aged. Aging, man. <laughs> like no one prepares you for it. We're going to be 31 and 33 this year. The year of Jesus. Oh, yeah. The year Jesus died. <laughs> Let's see if I make it through. (laughs) Love it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, should we get into yeah, content Yeah, we've got recap so much to go through, and I'm kind of scared of time. <laughs> we have a lot to cover yeah. today, so let's get into it. Content this week. Tell us, what did you watch? Okay, so I t- kind of talked about how my husband's a big Rocky fan. So obviously this weekend, Creed 3 premiered. So we decided to have a Creed-a-thon. And honestly, I loved it. Like, those movies, and I've seen them before, mm-hmm. but I don't, like, I think we've talked about this before. Like, when you watch something and you're not really, like, fully appreciating, like, the art, you know? Right. You're just kind of, like, consuming it and forgetting about it. So Friday night, we decided to watch Creed 1 and Creed 2, which was a tall order. But I was like looking at my husband. I was like, are you going to fall asleep? We were starting at like 6. So we wouldn't, (laughs) 6.30 maybe. I was like, we're not going to be done until like almost midnight if we do this. And he's like, I'm not falling asleep. I'm in it for the long haul. These are my favorite. And I'm like, okay. So we made it through the first one. I was like, it was like (laughs) 8.30. I was like, are you sure you can do this? He's like, yes. And so we made it through like half of the second one and then he was like I need to go to bed and I was like I knew it <laughs> at least he didn't fall asleep though that I can yeah. give him that he like told me he was like let's at finish it in the morning you. he told me before I just had to discover that he'd been asleep for like 45 minutes <laughs> for the entire movie yeah but um Creed 1 is so good like I was shook um, it's directed by Ryan Coogler who like now is only really famous for directing like the Black Panther um the first Black Panther I don't mm-hmm. did, did you do the second one too I'm not sure but um so I'm not sure like the the directing on that movie was excellent the acting was like a little bit shaky but I think they're just kind of trying to find the characters it's it's a very like standard origin story mm-hmm. but um the fight scenes are very technically complicated and like mm-hmm. very very impressive because especially the first fight scene it's like a continuous shot it never like breaks it's like I read about it they did it in like one take and so like the camera's kind of like panning around the the ring and it like switches perspectives obviously between the fighters but you mm-hmm. can tell that the choreography that went into like being able to like make this shot happen was so like precise so I highly recommend even if you don't want to watch Creed like go on YouTube and like look up that fight because it's it's really really cool how they did it Um, I kind of do want to watch Creed I also want to watch the Rockies at least like the good ones (laughs) okay well um so yeah so Creed 1 is really good I gave it at first I gave it three stars but then after I like slept on it I like went back and edited and I gave it three and a half stars because I was just like no it was like really good yeah so then Rocky 2 I mean not Rocky 2 Creed 2 in my opinion was like slightly not as good but still like very watchable and enjoyable and like the story like where it takes the story like was enjoyable there is like Mm -hmm. lore obviously like weaved throughout all of them there's like lore from the Rocky franchise and like Sylvester Stallone is in Rocky 1 and 2 in Creed 1 and 2 right um but it's like it's not so detailed that you would like not understand if you haven't seen Rocky you know like you understand like the villains and like how they can 
connect to like the new villains and like that kind of like because like in this world obviously Rocky is like a really great fighter and like these are fights mm-hmm. that are, are like part of sports history within this world so it's kind of like they just talk about them yeah and so you can kind of like gauge like who these people are so in Rock in Creed 2 he fights the Russian uh Dolph Lundgren's son who was in like the original Rockies who's huge yeah yeah I looked up the guy that plays him and he is actually a fighter like obviously but he's also like a very good actor like he wasn't like bad you know how sometimes like athletes try to act and it's like (laughs) no like he he like is also an actor now but he's just like this huge like mountain of a man and like he's like you're like why is michael v jordan trying to fight this guy he's like five feet taller than him like it's funny but did uh, do the second one too no so somebody else did the second one um i forgot who did it but um it was still good i gave it three stars as well um and like the story between like adonis creed and his like girlfriend and they have a baby and like there's a really good like subplot of like his girlfriend who's played by tessa thompson has like i love her has like um progressive hearing loss so Uh she'll like she's a musician but she'll like eventually go deaf and then they have a baby in the second one and the baby's born deaf so there's like Mm -hmm. this whole like subplot about them like trying to figure that out and then felicia rashad plays um adonis's like adopted mother queen she's amazing um and so it's just like there's really good characters there's really good like stories subplots going on and then um we went and saw creed 3 on saturday in at alamo draft house i sat in like the wheelchair accessible row which i've obviously (laughs) never sat in (laughs) uh, which i didn't love but it was all i could do at the moment so um but uh it was and i'm not exaggerating when i say this it was so so good like I'm excited to see it like I highly recommend going to see it in theaters Mm -hmm. and like it's Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut so I was like very nervous for him yeah it's not often that you kind of get handed a huge franchise and a huge budget for like your first your debut that you're directing so I was like this is either gonna be really good or like really disappointing and it was really really good like I was was so proud of him (laughs) and yeah I know and so it has obviously we've talked about how much we love Jonathan Majors yeah and me and Neek were kind of talking about it how one of the things the first two movies we felt like were missing were kind of that emotional connection and that almost we needed to dig deeper into the Adonis's like background to kind of more understand his motivations and that's what where this movie goes it goes back into his childhood and and Jonathan Majors is so good at the emotional side of it that he kind of like elevates everybody else in the movie a little bit yeah so it's just it was a really good script like like Ryan Coogler produced it so I'm sure he helped Michael B. Jordan. That's what I was going to say. I feel like he's like Michael B. Jordan has probably been like watching over Ryan Coogler's shoulder for all these years with like all the movies or all their collaborations and stuff. Like I'm not saying he I mean I'm sure he was propped up by a lot of veterans that like absolutely know what they're doing like you know so yeah but he's learned a lot yeah like he's been in like he's been in it for so long like going back to like The Wire like he was so little in that so he's been on sets he like watches I'm sure he's like picked up so much from so many like 
talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so entertaining. Like I was never bored from start to finish. Like the story was so good. It like dives deeper. Like in this creed, this is like the movie comes out five years later. His daughter, admittedly, I feel like they've aged up a bit because I was like, <laughs> she would be like five and she's like probably like eight in the movie. Yeah. But they like go into detail about like their relationship and like it's really, really cute. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I just enjoyed it. And then obviously like they both are just specimens like their bodies are insane (laughs) like seriously the fight scenes were really cool and like obviously I love a training montage where like it just makes me want to like get up and get in the best shape of my life and like go run up some steps literally (laughs) and you can like see because at the beginning of the movie Adonis is like retired which is also like a very like rocky trope like you come out of retirement for this one last fight because it's everything's on the line basically right right um so it kind of shows him go from like dad bod to like in getting into fighter shape not that he ever really had a dad bod but like you can tell like the physical changes he went through right and um it's just cool like I really liked it I kind of want to go watch it again that's how good it was like I highly recommend I need to have like a I want to do like a marathon before I or before it leaves theaters I want to try and watch it like I honestly and like it's funny because these movies I wouldn't think would be like my cup of tea kind of like I kind of made a joke on Twitter I was like what is like the Rocky franchise for women is it like legally blonde (laughs) like I was like because the motivation is so like toxic and like aggro like oh I have a problem and the only way I can solve it is to like fight this dude like with my shirt off like you know like it's not really something that I relate (laughs) to at all but there is something to say about like really like pushing yourself to the limit and like obviously overcoming an obstacle and like being victorious that like I feel like resonates with anybody Um, right so yeah highly recommend (laughs) <laughs> yeah I was like nobody's what's like your preposition your proposition for a woman okay. well so like this isn't a I don't think it's a spoiler to say but like at the end of the movie it's kind of like I don't know if there needs to be another creed like this was like he was already retired he's they're like kind of joking mm-hmm. about how he's like getting old and like not like really like gonna be a fighter anymore but they like show his daughter who like shows an interest in fighting so I really think that would obviously be a really good next step would be like having a woman who's deaf like become like the next like heavy or light or welterweight champion Um, yeah that's what I was back when you were talking about like them aging her up I was like maybe they're like trying to expedite her aging so that it kind of flows into a I mean they really I mean really it seemed like they were setting it up for that but it could go either way like it could have just ended like it does it, mm-hmm. it wasn't like oh there's like a cliffhanger but it did yeah. set up that she like one is interested in fighting and obviously she has like all the best trainers around her so um, yeah we'll see they're probably probably leaving it open-ended to see like what the response is and another stuff. thing is um it has blown all of the projections for how much money this movie is going to make out of the water like apparently it's like the highest grossing sports film in its first weekend ever like it's crazy crazy. so I'm like I feel like there's no way they're gonna just like leave all that money on the table so they're gonna come up with something but yeah speaking of Jonathan Majors not to like lead us on a tangent or anything but have you heard anything about magazine dreams 
Yes. Kind, no, I've heard blurbs, but I don't really know what it yeah. is. But obviously, it sounds I'll see it if he's really. <laughs> it sounds really crazy, and I almost put this in our first episode. I almost put this in my like what I'm looking forward to or whatever, mm-hmm. just because the things that I've heard about it are so like it seems a little bit like controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in this new movie. I think it's coming out this year called Magazine Dreams, where he plays like an aspiring bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it premiered at Sundance and like I guess what I've heard about it kind of like the controversial aspect of it is that it's a very very like tough watch like mm-hmm. it's almost like that kind of like torture porny kind of vibe I guess um, what's it about but it's it's about just him like aspiring to become like the greatest bodybuilder of uh, all time I guess and it's like he's, but he's like, like hurting himself in the process he's or... hurting himself I don't know if it's like a whole like steroid situation or whatever it is but he's like trying to deal with um I guess becoming famous mm-hmm. and like trying to control like his violent side I guess mm-hmm. but um but it sounds like it's going to be a real like showcase for his mm-hmm. like talent yeah. and I'm pretty excited I know like I've, I'm just like intrigued to see like what so good like I don't even about. know yeah. what it is about him but he just He's so compelling. Connects, he like comes through the screen and like into your soul and like connects with yeah. you somehow. Um, you need to watch The Last Black Man in I San do. Francisco. That's on my that list. That was the first time I saw him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's on my list. I need to watch it. Did you watch yeah, um, awesome. Lovecraft Country? No. I it might seen, be like, too clips scary. Of it. I've seen like clips <laughs> of it, but I haven't watched it. It was good. I was shocked when they canceled it because I was like... Was, it, was it just the- a mini series or... No, well... I mean, they. I think they set it up to where it could have a second season, but like the budget they poured into it, you it was so evident. And then like to Mm -hmm. just like cancel it, and I don't know if like even the rating. I think the ratings were good, so I don't even know why they canceled it. Interesting. Maybe I'll have to see if I honestly it was probably a blessing in disguise for him because he's obviously kind of yeah he's skyrocketed from (laughs) from being able to work exactly. Um, I know you watched the Indie Spirit Awards, and I did not. I did. So the Indie Spirit Awards happened this weekend. Um, which they're always kind of like like stealthily my favorite awards to watch just oh, because they're I've so kind of like them. they're just kind of like Relaxed. the cool sister of like yeah. all the other awards. Like um they happened so I think they aired on Saturday, but I didn't get to watch it until Sunday because I was out all day. Um but they, the second award show this season that aired on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so we love that. They were hosted by Hassan Minhaj. Yeah, um, who I love, but I was reading that he was like very cringe. <laughs> he was. And I was like, that's, that's part of the reason I was going to like ask you maybe just to watch like the first part or whatever, because I, saw I feel like I always have a hard time gauging like cringe. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm always like, is this actually uncomfortable or am I just like reading it? I saw the clip where like Kate Blanchett was hiding so she didn't have yeah, to do the bit. That was horrific. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, Dang, no not just Kate Blanchett, me. like everybody, everyone that he talked to, that it was he was like basically begging them to do the bit, and they went under the table rather than doing it. Right. Um, which also, I was like, I can't tell if this is a bit itself, but I don't think it was. Yeah. 
Um, he looked very yeah. like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> like so. Right. So it's usually hosted, or at least in the years that I've watched it, it's been hosted by Aubrey Plaza, who does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was nominated this year, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why she wasn't hosting. Um, but she's just like... I think she's like the perfect person for the job because she has kind of like the laid back like vibe of the show. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think she would do a lot of like crowd work. Like I feel like she would just like make her dry jokes. She does. Yeah, she does. But it's more kind of like poking fun. It's less like, will you participate in Right. That's what I mean. Like making them like interact. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. And I think in his opening, in Hassan's opening monologue, uh, he was just kind of being like, I don't know. You know how some hosts will be like, why are we all here? Like kind Mm -hmm. of kind of taking digs at like the movies and the industry and like stuff like that just the idea of Uh, like all these award shows in general yeah mm -hmm. and being like self-congratulatory and like whatever um so I was just kind of like that's a that's a tone that I feel like we're over yeah Yeah. (laughs) because it's not like other like careers don't do that like Right. We have the Addy Awards, like people like pat themselves on the back, I'm sure for selling insurance. Like, you know, it's not like out of the ordinary to like give yourself and your like career field awards. Right, exactly. So yeah, that was just kind of like his tone was a little bit off for me. Um, But I I do like him in general, I feel like from what I've seen in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think maybe like hosting like award shows is maybe not his bag, but it doesn't have to yeah. be. I, I think it it's like a job not a lot of people want anymore. So yeah, thankless. I mean, um, good on him for yeah, at least it was trying. On, exactly. So yeah, it was on YouTube. Um, they hold it in Santa Monica, like on in a tent on the beach. Mm-hmm. And it's just always kind of fun. Like it's, it has a more casual vibe, like people wear more like casual like edgy funky stuff so it's just kind of fun to see like you know the stark difference between that and something like the oscars Mm -hmm. um i think the parameters of these awards is that um there's a budget cap of 30 million dollars and so that you have to um be under that to be eligible um and so oh that's cool I didn't even realize there was a budget cap yeah that's why it's independent oh yeah I should say that it usually airs on the um, independent film channel I think Mm. and this year Hassan made a joke that it was like instead of airing the awards they were airing semi-pro with Will Ferrell (laughs) (laughs) like they chose that over over hosting the awards again (laughs) Um, so let me pull up the list. The big winner was, you guessed it, everything, everything, everywhere was. Which I didn't even know their budget yeah. was under 30 million. That makes it even more impressive. Yeah, the one that I was surprised to find was eligible was Tar. That was, that's, mm. that to me reads as a bigger budget film. So, yeah, but I guess there um, wasn't like, it really was like kind of stripped down. Like it was about the actor. Like yeah. there wasn't a lot of, I'm, I'm guessing like VFX used or anything like that. So best feature went to everything everywhere. Best lead performance went to Michelle Yeoh. Like um, it's kind of like astonishing how much this movie is sweeping. Like every single award mm-hmm. show. Like, I don't know if I've yeah. ever seen like 
so unequivocally like one movie get awarded so much in one year like have you like it's it's kind of like an anomaly isn't it yeah I mean I'm sure I have but I'm not able to think of one right now. It usually feels I feel like, like between, I feel like yeah. um I feel like Slumdog Millionaire was like a big one. Yeah, maybe. But I I feel like maybe I'm wrong about that. But in my memory, it kind of was like the thing of that season. Yeah. Um. But yeah, best director went to the, went to Daniels. Um. I'm trying to see. I know that. Oh, Stephanie Shu won. Yeah, I saw she that. She got her award. Yay. Um, and then I'm pretty sure Kiwi Kwan won. Best screenplay went to Daniels. Yeah. I saw Emily the did. Criminal won something. Oh yeah, it won um best first screenplay. Mm-hmm. Went to John I really like Ford for Emily the Criminal. That's uh Aubrey Plaza's husband. Oh really? Uh-huh. I didn't know they were married. Yeah, they're married. And uh you you didn't watch Emily the Criminal yet? No, I haven't seen it. Was, it. I really liked it. It was good. Love. I have to watch it. Um, Was there anything else like shocking or like cringy or funny? Best cinematography went to Tar. Uh, Someone to watch went to Nikyatu Jusu, who directed Nanny. Okay, I watched that Um, too. Did you watch that? No. (laughs) I think it's too scary. So it's not pure horror by any means. There are a couple of like kind of freaky scenes but I wouldn't think it would be something that you would like dwell on like long after you saw it and Mm -hmm. I will I I liked it but I think the best the most intriguing part about it was like the directing style that she has was really really like really exciting like I was like oh I'm excited to see what she like does next because nice yeah it was a really like beautiful looking movie yeah she seems like a really kind of like she's very like sure of herself and like kind of yeah she has like a definite like tone and like personal style that I find really mm-hmm. like exciting. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Best first feature, like I said, went to After Sun. I guess that's really all the exciting. One. Well, besides like TV, um, Quinta Brunson got lead performance in a new scripted series. The rehearsal got something. Best new non-scripted. Oh, I did want to watch Nathan Fielder's speech. I wonder, did was it like awkward or like was he playing his character I... or? Yeah, I think it. I kind of like had walked away. I was doing something. Uh, I remember while he was talking, but I do think it was kind of a little bit like. I wouldn't be surprised if they were filming that and he uses it in season two of the rehearsal. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. He's, um, oh my gosh! New, best new scripted series was The Bear. Love, Love that. Oh, and um, Ayo Edaberry won for her performance as well. Yeah, I saw a clip of her speech. Her. She's hilarious. Yeah. So other than that, cringe wise, um, Hassan had made a joke about um, Timothy Chalamet, um, like in Bones and All, and he's like, "Why do we keep making movies about him falling in love with cannibals?" And like the room was like silent. Oh my god! But I feel like that's a joke that's been made on Twitter like a million. No, it times. totally has. That's why I feel like nobody was like giving nobody it. Nobody was like, like shocked. Shocked. Right. Yeah. No one was like gonna. Uh, give it any kind of attention or 
whatever. And then he calls out, there was a point where he like called out Malala because she was in the room for a documentary she's involved with. And she just looked so uncomfortable and like not amused. (laughs) And I was just like, this is seemingly going poorly. (laughs) God. (laughs) Maybe I do need to watch it because I do love (laughs) very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then the first presenter, after he had given his like opening monologue, the first presenter up was Aubrey Plaza. Mm -hmm. And it felt like the entire room like came back to life because (laughs) they were like this is our host oh my <laughs> like, gosh maybe they just don't know who he is so they're like I'm well, sure they do I don't know yeah I don't I, I just think that they were just like not feeling it um but yeah other than that I just noted down like the people hiding under the table and that was a little bit uncomfy but so uncomfy god <sighs> well yeah we yeah, can't win them all quite, it was quite the time <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun award show though to watch it's just kind of like uh it feels like a nice little like palette cleanser before the oscars kind mm-hmm. of yeah um but yeah that's how i spent my sunday there were no commercials period because i get like you know the setup isn't as complex as like most award shows so they don't need to take time to reset anything so it was just straight through no commercials and next week or this week the big show oscars Oscars. the big show so should we get into the moment you've all been waiting for (laughs) oscars predictions 2023 (laughs) finally like i feel like i've been like army crawling to this point like let's get going it has felt like a long a lifetime season. I've spent waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm ready to move it's on to 2023. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Same. So how do oh you want to do this? We're gonna go through all of our who we think is gonna win each category. Yeah. Um so um maybe we Let's go, I guess, like in order from like ones that we're least informed about okay. <laughs> to the big ones. Okay. Um, My least informed would be uh, like the short films. I haven't seen any of them. Okay. Um, I spent some time watching some of the shorts, but I haven't seen like the majority of them. So do you want to, you can just pick a, a category first and then okay. say what your thoughts Okay. For animated short film, I chose My Year of Dicks. Because that's the only one I've heard of. Yes, that I have seen that one. I loved it. I'll probably um, watch it. It's on Hulu, right? It's on Hulu. Yeah, I'll probably watch it before um, this Sunday. I've also heard of the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Yeah, so that seems like a big contender. I didn't watch that one. Um, the other nominees I say are. I also, chose, I also chose my year of dicks. Okay. The other nominees are the flying sailor, ice merchants. An ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. I love the title. I've never I love heard the of title. It. <laughs> okay. So I watched I watched The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, and My Year of Dicks. And I kind of think Ice Merchants has a chance, but ultimately I went with My Year of Dicks because I liked it more. <laughs> Ice Merchants was very it was very like beautiful though. That one's on YouTube. Okay. Um, All right. I'm going to choose the next yeah, one. Yeah, choose one. Um, let's go with documentary short film. The nominees are The Elephant Whispers, Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. And I went with 
the Elephant Whisperers. Dang it. For no particular reason. I didn't <laughs> even choose one, I just realized, but I was about to be like, I'll just choose Elephant Whisperers because it has elephant in it, <laughs> and I like elephants. We love elephants. All right, so we're both in. <laughs> we're both in on the elephant. Walk step. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one I will choose is live action short film. The, the nominees are An Irish Goodbye, Ivalu, I think. Le Pupille, right. Pupille, Night Ride, <laughs> and The Red Suitcase. And I chose An Irish Goodbye because I feel like the Irish should be celebrated this year. It's the year of the Irish. Yeah. I went with I went with Le Poupille. Have you seen it? No, but it's on Disney Plus, so I felt like that. You might watch it. I, I the only one I watched was the Night Ride, and I did not like it. Oh, okay. Because it was on YouTube, or it was I watched it because it was on YouTube. You know, another fun um, thing that Alamo does is I saw on their like programming this weekend they had like the short films. They'll like show yeah. them on the screen and like you right. like all of them in a row. Right. I should I should do that next year. I know it's a it's a good way to spend some time. Just let them roll back to back. All right, all right. Let's go with uh, what should we do next? Production design. Okay. Okay, I'm excited about this one. So the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. And so for this one, I was kind of between Babylon and Elvis, but I ended up going with Elvis. Okay, I went with Babylon because I feel like this is one of the only categories that's nominated where it has a pretty big chance of winning. Yeah. So. It's not a bad guess. Yeah. I did select it in a different category, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, the, okay, the production design on Babylon was pretty spectacular, not going to lie. Agreed. I will go with, okay, I'm going to go with the original song next because- Okay. Truthfully, have not listened to any of these and nor noticed them in any of these movies, except for I know that Neek loved RRR and I know Natu Natu won the Golden Globe. So I went with that. I went with that as oh, well. Oh, sorry. The, Do you want to say what else? Yeah, the about? nominees are Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, which I've never heard of. <laughs> Um, Hold My Hand from Top Gun by Lady Gaga, Lift Me Up from Black Panther by Rihanna, Not Too Not Too from RRR, which is a movie out of India, Um, This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once by David Byrne and some other people. Yeah, heavy hitters, but... I do think that not too not too is gonna. It's take a banger. It. I can't lie. It's it's kind of like an earworm. An earworm. <laughs> I don't think I've even heard it. <laughs> Have you seen the scene? That scene, like no, any clips of it or anything? It. Oh my gosh! Uh-uh. It is like it's like if you drank <laughs> ten Red Bulls and did cocaine, and then like put on like the most like fast banger song you've ever heard and just jumped around (laughs) and then felt like it's really cool lovely (laughs) Uh, I got I do want to watch that movie I'm just like it's It's probably gonna take me like four days I wanted I saw (laughs) some videos of um a screening they did of RRR in LA and uh people were videoing like the audience like like getting up and like cheering and dancing and like all this stuff Aww. and I was like that would be so fun like I wish they would do like Yeah, a if I like could that. see it in a theater, 
I could I would probably yeah. be more inclined. Cute. All right, let's see. I'm gonna go with sound. Okay, this is a good um, one. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar the Way of Water, The Batman. Elvis and Top Gun Maverick. I think this is a pretty clear one. I think so. Um, too. It's gonna be Top Gun Maverick. I also <laughs> pick Top Gun Maverick. Um, this was really the only movie out of the. Well, I guess Elvis. I did notice, but like when you're when you were in the theater watching Top Gun Maverick, like the sound was something that you like felt. Like yeah, it, like you exactly. could feel like the plane, like engine, like yeah. roar, like in your theater. It's seat. immersive. Yeah, yeah, it's an immersive experience. So love it. I love Top Gun. Yeah, it was so good. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Your turn. Okay. Um. Okay. Makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. <sighs> <laughs> I went with Black Panther, even though I'm afraid the whale is probably going to win this category. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of okay. the prosthetics they used on Brendan Fraser right. to make him very, very fat. Um, yeah. <laughs> deep sigh. But uh, Black Panther, I think I haven't, I didn't watch it, admittedly. But I saw the first one, and the makeup and hair is pretty cool. So um, yeah. that's why I, went I actually that. I actually went with Elvis on this one. Mm-hmm. I can see um, that the hair. Um, yeah, uh, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just have fear that the whale is going to win. But yeah, with a lot of these categories. Um, it can, you know, you say best makeup and hairstyling and it means most makeup and hairstyling or like right. most editing or most sound, right. like that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably the whale is kind of the one you think of, of most makeup. <laughs> yeah. But we shall see. Yeah, they did we'll use see. CGI on him too, though. So it's like, all right, I'm going to go with original score. Okay. Um. So the the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. Um, I went with Babylon. Okay. This is where I'm going to represent the hive. <laughs> Babylon hive rise. Okay, so... I went, okay, so I'm going back and forth now because I went with the Fablemans because, okay, so admittedly, I I didn't really notice the score in any of these movies. Um, yeah. Like, just upon first watch, it wasn't something that I was, like, thinking about afterwards. The Fablemans, mm-hmm. I'm assuming Spielberg worked with one of the, like, staples of composers like I'm not sure was it like John Williams or something I don't know he usually works with John Williams but um I don't know it may see I can look it up um but and then I saw a preview for the Oscars and they used the Babylon score in the preview for the Oscars so now I'm like Hmm. Might right. be Babylon. So the two that I was between was Babylon and All Quiet on the Western Front, mm-hmm. which I watched this weekend. <sighs> it was boring. It, it was one, the score, I gave like two shout outs to it um, for things I liked about it was the score and the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like, Was it just like a straight up action. war movie? Like there was nothing more to it? Yeah. Okay. I'm never watching I'm that. just like... <laughs> You don't need to. You really don't. Like the cinematography was really cool. Like there were some really cool, like looking kind of 
atmospheric shots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's I did not care for it. Um, John Williams did do the Fableman score. See, yeah, that's why I like kind Makes of sense. Okay, so I'll I'll stick with the Fablemans. You go with Babylon. But okay, all right, cool. I think that yeah, I like the fa- I liked the um the Babylon. I can't talk. I liked the Babylon score, and it's I did notice it like while I was watching it. So that's kind of what yeah. led me to that conclusion. I noticed it, but the only time I noticed it was during the the montage at the end that I hated. God. <laughs> I hated that too. Good. Okay. We're on the same page with that. I loved the entire movie until that point. And I was like, why? It could have been like a four and a half star movie. Yeah. Why did you do that? Like, (laughs) I'm like, don't put a clip of Avatar in your movie. Like, I just get Avatar out of my face. Literally, I was pissed. I was like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) But um, otherwise, loved it. Um, Okay, so we're getting into ones I do care about now. Um, well, I guess, okay, I guess uh, best international feature. I haven't seen any of them. So All Quiet on the Western yeah. Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. I wanted to go with EO because I heard it's really good mm-hmm. and I love the yeah, donkey I heard a of lot it all. But I had to go with All Quiet on the Western Front because I'm like, if that one's nominated for best overall picture, then it should definitely yeah. win international. Um, right. I mean, that's I not always how that. it goes, but like I assume that's how it'll go. Yeah, that's what I picked as well. If it won Best Picture at the BAFTAs, I'm like... Yeah, I mean, it, like that would be yeah. kind of shitty if it did, didn't get international. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, let's move on to costume design. Okay. Nominees are Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever... Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. <laughs> I went with Elvis. I did too. Perfect. The, I mean, the, the costumes are just iconic, and they looked so good. Yeah. In the movie. Um, yeah, it looked great. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm like, I don't. I wasn't really <laughs> like. Oh my god, the costumes! Like, I don't really. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of costumes just because of the nature of the story. Like, like you said, is it like good costumes or is it just a lot? Like, <laughs> right? Is it most costumes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch Miss Harris um, Goes to Paris. Yeah, I think that's more just kind of like their like couture. It was a lot of like designer couture mm-hmm. like looking. I didn't watch it for either. Babylon, that's, like, like story. Yeah, for Babylon, like you could tell it was like twenties. But I liked that it was kind of like a little like dirtier. It wasn't like so like pristine mm-hmm. looking like we're used to seeing in like the twenties. Yeah, everyone. Looked everyone dusty. looked like they needed <laughs> a shower three days ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm guessing that's probably yeah. how it was back then. <laughs> um, I'd imagine the Black Panther costumes are cool. I haven't really seen much from it but yeah no I mean in my heart of hearts I would want Elvis to win because I think there is an art to even recreating like an like a look that was happened in real life and then making it look like the fabric choice like everything like goes into like kind of recreating that moment so but also making it fit within the aesthetic Mm -hmm. of the film too cool okay all right what you got okay i guess we're getting into like the main ones now let's do visual effects um the nominees are all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the batman black panther wakanda forever and top gun maverick and i went with avatar (laughs) because 
I went with Avatar too. <laughs> I'm not sure that anything could probably beat that. Yeah, I don't think individual, so. In the visual effects category. Right. Yeah, the only other thing that I was considering was Black Panther, but I feel like Avatar has more, more, like we said, more visual effects. So I think that like James Cameron's like technique on those movies is just kind of, I mean, Black Panther is just obviously backed by Marvel that has all their VFX studios and they kind of Mm -hmm. all are kind of blurring together at this point where when I say that, I mean, there's nothing maybe groundbreaking about what they're doing in those movies. Whereas with Avatar, I feel like he's trying to push the envelope in that category. All right, I'm going to go with film editing. The nominees are The Banshees of Minasheran, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. And I went with Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay, I went with Elvis. Nice. Yeah. To me, this might be... These are good nominees, honestly. They are, but... Besides The Banshees, I'm like, I don't really see that, but otherwise, they're pretty good. Yeah. I think I need to watch Everything Everywhere All at Once again, because in my memory, the editing was something that I felt like was maybe a little amateurish. Okay. But I know it did win that category at another award show. So I thought Elvis was was pretty cool. Like I remember watching it and noticing like the Mm -hmm. the style. I mean, I think Baz has like his own distinct style when it comes to editing, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely between those two, Elvis and everything everywhere. But yeah, I just remember like the shots of her like going through whatever, the vortex getting into the other universes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, but but I feel like they will maybe want to reward like that. that. Yeah, I mean, it's been winning everything, so <laughs> I would not be surprised at all. Okay, let's see. What do we have left? Is it like, are we down to actors and directors? and uh, Screenplays, yeah. Let's do adapted screenplay. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living... Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking. Okay, I was between Glass Onion and Women Talking on this one, and I went with Women Talking just because I don't know. I also did. <laughs> I just feel like yeah, it's been talked about. I also went with Women Talking. I didn't mention it when I was talking about the Indie Spirits, but that film got their Robert Altman Award, which is basically just awarding like the cast and the director. Mm-hmm. And it's competitive, but the way that they present it is directly to the winner. Like they don't have nominees. So um, it's kind of like one of those special awards. Yeah. Oh, and they also give it to casting for that award. But yeah, I went with that. Cute. Cute. Okay, let's go to original screenplay. Okay. Nominees are The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and triangle of sadness and i went with everything everywhere (laughs) all at once yeah i just looked at my okay so i do think everything everywhere all at once will win but i'm gonna go with banshees of inishirin because i think if it could win any of these this would be the one yeah um yeah i didn't think about that i'm like it has to win somewhere yeah and i I think that martin mcdonough is obviously known for his writing so that's why yeah i'm going with that awesome i think that's a solid guess okay um documentary feature film the nominees are all that breathes all the beauty and the bloodshed Fire of Love, House Made of Splinters, and Navalny? I've been saying Navalny. Navalny? 
<laughs> okay, so also have not seen any of these. I really, really want to watch All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Um, Me too. And Fire of Love. I've heard of Fire of Love, but I went with All the Beauty and the Bloodshed because I've heard really good things. Um, I also went with All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Navel Knee has been winning a lot, though, so I don't even know what that's about. I don't either. But I guess we'll find out. (laughs) I hope it's All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. (laughs) Okay. um, Okay. Okay, now we're into, I think, cinematography or animated or... Okay, so should we go with cinematography? The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. And so I don't know if it was recency bias or or what, but I went with All Quiet on the Western Front and just followed my gut. (laughs) I went with Tar. Nice. I hope. But also, um, Nope should be in here. And I would vote for it. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Nope. Yeah. My vote goes to Nope. My vote goes to Nope. I'm going to write it in. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay. Yep. Um, let's do animated. <laughs> animated feature Yay. film. A stacked category this year, in my opinion. Um, nominees are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. And I went with, obviously... Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same, same, same. Love it. I also really loved Turning Red, but she already has an Oscar for her short film, so I don't feel that bad. Wow. Yeah. I still need to watch that. I need to get my ass on Disney Plus and, like, catch up on some of these things. Get your ass on (laughs) Disney Plus. (laughs) Okay, let's go to, I guess we have to go to acting. Okay. Um, let's start with actor in a supporting role. Okay. Nominees are Brendan Gleeson for Banshees, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan for Banshees, and Kiwi Kwan for Everything Everywhere. And I went with my king, Kiwi Kwan. There is no way <laughs> that he is not walking away with this Oscar at this point. And he better. I'm knocking on all the wood, but yeah, I went with him too. <laughs> He's such a king. He's a king. I, all, honestly, all these performances, I haven't seen Causeway, but I know Brian Tyree Henry is legit. I love him. He's going to get more Oscar noms in the future. <laughs> it's funny because Judd Hirsch's part in The Fablemans is like the one part where I went to the bathroom. <laughs> no. <laughs> <In> the <theater. laughs> um i mean i could tell he was like killing it but i just really had to pee um and he was only on for like 10 minutes yeah yeah it was just it's i feel like it's kind of one of those like as soon as you saw it everyone was just like well he has to get nominated right and then obviously we talked about barry keoghan we loved and brendan gleason Mm -hmm. so but i think that Kiwi Kwan will win. Okay. Please, 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 please. Actress in a supporting role. The nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I went with My Heart, and I went with Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Love that. This is, I actually didn't, I just realized I didn't mark one because I was like still thinking about it. I think Angela Bassett is the favorite. It's become like a very uncertain category. Yeah, like I think they've all won something, like one of the awards. And Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee's won. Yeah. Harry Condon's won. Angela Bassett has won. I think I'll probably go with Angela Bassett. 
Yeah, and I could see. Yeah, I could see it being any of them. Maybe not Hong Chao, but um, yeah, Angela probably not one. She unfortunately the Golden Globe. Carrie Condon won the BAFTA. Jamie Lee Curtis won the SAG, and Stephanie Sue won the Independent. So yeah, it's really split. Yeah. I, I'm gonna lock in Angela Bassett, I guess. Angela Bassett did who's the thing. To say Viola Davis, my woman king, which I finally watched. <gasps> did you love? About it okay, later. okay, okay. I loved... It was so good. I need to watch it again. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. What's next? Is it my turn? I guess let's go with actor yeah. in a leading role. Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nighy for Living. And I went with Austin Butler. That's the only way I could go. There's no other way for me. <laughs> the way no is Austin way. Butler. And there's no other. The way is It's a one way street. <laughs> um, it, just, it really could been... be Colin or Brendan too. I don't. I know. Um, I, uh, I just can't. I, like, I, I have just, to go with my heart. I feel, yeah, my gut is like confident. But my brain is like, girly pop. You know how these things go, girly pop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Next. Actress in a leading role. The nominees are Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for (laughs) Two Leslie. Controversy. Um, Michelle Williams <laughs> for The Fablemans and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. A big year for Michelle's. I'm going to go with <laughs> Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'll put all my chips on it, although Kate <laughs> may walk away with it, but we'll see. Yeah. I also put down Michelle Yeoh. I mean, she's just been, like, gotta, getting all of them. We have to manifest. Yeah. It. She's like, there. Uh, I just feel like it's gonna happen i agree she has been sweeping the floor with everyone else okay shall we move on to director best director so we have the banshees of Sharon, martin mcdonough everything everywhere all at once daniels the fablemans steven spielberg tar for todd field and triangle of sadness for ruben osland this is a tough one this is a tough one What'd you put? And I had to go with my gut. Okay. Because I feel like they're going to give it to Steven Spielberg. That's what I put too. <laughs> you yeah. did? Okay, good. I was like, am I crazy for this? I just really feel like it's totally an Academy move. Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniels won. Cause, yeah, me either. But I, I, I could see them just giving Stevie his flowers on this one. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know. I could even... Well, I could see Todd I Field say, winning. I even see, yeah, I was going to say Martin McDonough too, but I don't think so. I think he'd sooner be awarded for the writing. Yeah. Okay. So All that'll right. be an interesting the one because one. like we're we're kind of going against our like what's been happening for that one. Yeah, exactly. It feels like the classic like Academy move to like go against what has been happening. There's always one mm-hmm. I feel like that I feel like it'll that. be that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my gut All right. You. Best picture of 2022 the nominees are all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the banshees of Sharon, elvis everything everywhere all at once the fablemans top gun maverick triangle of sadness and woman talking and tar how did i miss that should we say it together yeah three two <laughs> one 
everything everywhere all at once all at once I think it's gonna take (laughs) the cake on this one yeah I agree I hope they don't disappoint us but you never know you never I'm trying to think of what what it would be if not I just think with the way it's voted in like the I don't remember what you call it but you like rank rank choice preferential yeah yeah I just don't I just don't think I think maybe I just don't think there's anything else that could pull it out. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be it's definitely going to be towards the top of enough people's right, ballots exactly. that I feel like we can pull through. Um the only other ones that stick out are would be like the Fablemans or Banshees. I thought Tar, but Tar, I think Tar's yeah, a maybe. very Oscar-y movie. I don't know. I think it I just feel pretty confident. I feel like the Fablemans, Tar, Everything reason. Everywhere and Banshees are the top 4 for sure. Yeah, definitely. Top Gun should be <laughs> if all is right Top in the Gun's world. probably number 5. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Fun. We'll see how we do. Maybe we'll get a percentage yeah. or something and just see like what happens, but Yeah, I'm planning on posting like a a graphic of yeah all of our predictions we'll post our predictions so, like, and then like y'all can comment if you think we're right or wrong or idiots or what yeah go to our instagram yeah at watching up go God. to our instagram go now <laughs> and like our photos <laughs> follow Yay. us I'm, i feel like we were in lockstep on like a good amount of yeah them, so that's encouraging i think it like i don't know I don't know if it helps or hurts that we've been so like tuned into like all of the awards this year because mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like informing a lot yeah, of my guesses. Yeah, it definitely. But it definitely can be kind of like a it can cloud your judgment. Yeah, a because bit. then a lot of times the Oscars happen and it's just like not anything like the rest of the awards have gone. So yeah, it's crazy how how kind of there is like a formula to this Mm -hmm. like there is like a way to predict and like a way to kind of have the inside scoop but at the same time it's like no one truly knows like what is happening within those voting um sessions or whatever all right let's jump into watching up oscars edition last week we're gonna have our final assignments yes given this week so it's coming to an end but it'll be around again (laughs) next year (laughs) i'm sure okay i'm a little like nervous for this one me too (laughs) because i feel like i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) after watching interstellar um i kind of i kind of had the feeling that maybe we should give up top like a general blanket spoiler alert for this segment because with whatever movies we're talking about during watching up um it's probably safe to say that we'll be touching on some spoilers right so yeah we can just say this week we rachel watched interstellar by christopher nolan and i watched magnolia by paul thomas anderson so we're going to be talking about those two movies in depth um and then giving our side and we do put um we put timestamps in the show notes so if you want to yeah skip on past yeah feel free okay so (laughs) i was given so my category that i chose last week was best visual effects Uh and uh, michelle assigned me interstellar to watch from christopher nolan yes i'm I'm interested to hear (laughs) and um it's about (laughs) i'm like what is it about what's uh... it all about (laughs) There's some very large themes going on. <laughs> yeah. 
probably gonna butcher this like recap um but i'll say that it stars matthew mcconaughey also anne hathaway and um john lithgow what's his name Wes bentley jessica chastain casey affleck there's a bunch of people in it matt damon which is kind of a spoiler (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, i already knew about it so i was like not surprised um basically they're in they're living in a when we meet them they're living in a world that is kind of like in the process of dying basically like they're all having to everyone's like having to farm their own foods mm-hmm. um, it's almost like it a not too like, distant future type of situation right yeah. it's it's like everyone kind of knows that they're on the brink of like not being able to exist there anymore mm-hmm. i guess like humanity can't last much longer on earth. And so um Matthew McConaughey was previously an astronaut, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, he worked for I was he like, worked for NASA, yeah. He worked for NASA. Okay. And so um he kind of like by chance like stumbles into this I guess like secret project mm-hmm. where um they so some scientists have found some scientists at NASA have found like a wormhole mm-hmm. in the sky, <laughs> in space, yeah, in the air, or like in space. Yeah. Um, and they're like, there are other planets like within this wormhole, uh-huh. and we are sending people into space to explore and see if there's like a, another planet suitable for like habitating mm-hmm. upon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're kind of just like it's by it's by chance or it's by like fate that you've been sent here to us uh-huh. <laughs> and we're going to send you on this mission. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're doing With great. You're doing great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so he's like but he has kids. So he has these two kids that are like obviously very important to him. They're played by um one Timothy Chalamet what and two i didn't even remember that oh my gosh yeah i was shocked because i didn't know he was in this either oh my gosh i need to rewatch it now for sure yeah so his son is played by timothy chalamet and his daughter is played by the one and only renesmee oh my god (laughs) (laughs) was this before or after breaking dawn i can't even remember i think it was I don't after even know. 2014 is probably after yeah, yeah. Um, so basically his son is kind of like in school they like assess them whether or not they're gonna be good farmers because that's like basically the only thing that's you can the do, only career or you can be like or you can be like a genius scientist yeah. <laughs> and um it sounds like his son is like on the both. path of farming <laughs> matthew is obviously both <laughs> Uh, his son is on the path for farming and his daughter is kind of like a special like yeah. savant yeah. <laughs> like scientist yeah. kind of mind and so he's like obviously he doesn't want to leave his children he knows that like he may never come back he knows that if he does come back it could be like several decades later like all of that kind of stuff um but ultimately he chooses to you know do what he can to save they're like to provide a good future for them and also like save humanity basically right. <laughs> and, and so he goes on the mission uh he's in a spaceship <laughs> with uh Anne Hathaway and Wes Bentley um and one other man who I'm forgetting his name but 
they are the crew. And so they set off on this mission and they um, basically they it takes them a couple of years to get to Saturn, which is where the wormhole is. They go through the wormhole. They kind of find these planets. They explore them. Some of them pr- prove to be a little bit not <laughs> not suitable for living on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that is like a wave planet, mm-hmm. which looked really cool. And then there's one that's like cold. And I think that was the Matt Damon one. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is where it gets a little bit foggy. There's a lot to go through. No, <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, I don't have to it's go complicated. Through. But it ends up, I'll just kind of skip ahead yeah. to the end, where he, they've been kind of sucked into a time warp a little bit throughout their travels. And um, Matthew makes it back down, or not down to Earth, but to like this new civilization that it turns out his daughter kind of like founded. Mm-hmm. And she did that by getting signals from Matthew McConaughey while he was in space Mm -hmm. to figure out like the formula or the equation Mm -hmm. in order to create a civilization outside of earth Mm -hmm. basically. (laughs) And so, um, and so by the time he gets back down to this new civilization, his daughter is still alive, but she's a very, very old woman and she's like on the brink of death and he's still the same age (laughs) as he was when he left pretty much so they get to i was glad that they got to like see each other before she died basically he sacrificed Um, his life with his kids to save the world (laughs) yeah yeah and to kind of like you know set aside a pathway for his daughter to become like the person who does it Mm -hmm. basically yeah like she's actually the one who saves the world but but without him him. doing that that wouldn't have happened right exactly so it's just it's a film about time (laughs) and relativity (laughs) and a lot of things going on I think stripped down Uh, though it's more just about like like you said, like time, how fleeting it is, and like what yeah. you will do to like protect your family. Like, you yeah, know, for sure. at the end of the day, like there's like so Sophie's many big things situation. going on, but like stripped <laughs> yeah. down, it's it's about family dynamics. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I liked it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I um, it was a it was long, folks. Yeah. it's a long movie. How long was um, and it? There's a lot that I can't um, I actually I watched it over a couple days, but um, it's like close to three, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, because I watched the first two in one sitting, and then I went, came back and watched like the last forty five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like I said, when you like you or like you said, when it's stripped down, like I did enjoy, like I appreciated the themes mm-hmm. of it, and I appreciated like just the general like story mm-hmm. um, at its core. I don't love just like the convolutedness I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) of what what Christopher Nolan's like kind of brand is is just something that I don't love but um Matthew McConaughey was really really good in this movie yeah I'm like surprised did he get nominated for an Oscar no I I think I remember watching it and thinking he was on a different level than I've ever seen him in that movie. Yeah, Yeah. agreed. I think that he should have definitely been nominated. He wasn't. But I thought that he was just like really sensational and like emotional and kind of just like, you know, when you I'm sure like at the time, like when people heard that Matthew McConaughey was starring in this movie, they were like, what? Like, why? Mm -hmm. And then you see him and it's like. 
you don't you never do Matthew that. You McConaughey do that. and like Christopher Nolan like their sensibilities being in lockstep kind of you know <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah I mean just while watching it I just get kind of I don't know I get a little frustrated because I feel like I always feel like I'm missing something like I feel like there's a detail that I just didn't pick up on mm-hmm. or like there's something that just like went over my head you should and so <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I know. This is an interesting week for us. Um, And I feel like he has kind of a way, like, I don't know what it is. And I don't know if this is going to make any sense. But I feel like both at once, like everything is kind of over explained, Uh but still not clear. And that's also (laughs) that's also my very specific complaint with most of his movies is that the science is made up. So you don't need to like really go into these details because none of them are real as far as we know. Like exposition. Right. Like he tries so hard to make it like these are actual scientists talk about actual things that we know to be true and it's not the case at this point. He's basically just like I have done my research. Right. But you're literally just making all this up like you know. Um, So yeah that's my complaint with him but yeah. Yeah but the thing is like it still feels like not clear to me and I'm like am I just dumb? (laughs) Like what is happening? No I mean I think the way you explained Um, it was exactly what happened in the movie yeah so yeah okay well good I mean I did have to like google I googled a little bit of like (laughs) explanation mostly because I wasn't sure where Matt Damon came from I was like why is he here and then I realized it's because he like founded that planet or Mm -hmm. whatever and he's just been like like he went in the wormhole before them right and like he found yeah. a planet that you could live on, but then he was like, I'm just going to live here alone and like basically yeah. kill anybody that comes. To- <laughs> or like- Yeah, he was like, he was like facetious in that he was like, this planet is totally habitable. Like it's cold, but like we can live yeah. here. And then he was like, just kidding. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like he was evil <laughs> for some reason. And I remember seeing this yeah. like right after I had seen The Martian. The Martian, yeah. And I was like, why is my Damon just hanging out on Mars like in all of these movies I don't understand I had seen The Martian I actually remember liking The Martian I liked The Martian but Um, it literally was like the same I was like did they just use the same set and like get Matt Damon well that's that's the thing is like I remember the chatter surrounding these two movies and that's why it wasn't like a spoiler for me because I already knew but I thought that they had I thought that there was like I know that there was a theory that they were connected but I thought it had been like proven to be true but I don't think they are (laughs) Um, anyways um, so I gave it a I gave it three stars I was honestly teetering between two and a half and three but ultimately I I know what about the visual effects the reason you watched watched it what did you think of this okay the visual effects were cool like I said when they got to the planet with the waves yeah that was really cool the new have or the new like colony that uh his daughter had formed was like very cool design it was like a sphere basically Uh like the the ground like went up on the sides into the top Uh um so yeah it looked really cool it looked really good like nothing like red as like fake or anything like that to me so you know a plus in that column (laughs) good job um my review of it was 
that's what I love about humanity, man. <laughs> they get older, I stay the same age. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Which I did think of on my own, but then afterwards realized that Other a lot of people have written there. the same review. So. <laughs> I remember being very emotional <laughs> at the reveal of like his daughter. And like, yes, that was the time that I teared up. Yeah. Was when they had their kind of like final meeting. Yeah. Because you don't really understand fully who she is until the very end, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you're not yeah, really like getting it until they reveal that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you watched it. I might, I, I kind of want to yeah. rewatch it, but. I feel solid about my three star. I wouldn't give it two and a half. Like, I think that in the moment, like while I was watching it, I was just kind of like, this is very long. And yeah, yeah, (laughs) but now like reflecting on it, I'm like, yeah, three is three is about right. Okay. Alrighty. (laughs) Okay. It's my third. This is going to be a long episode. (laughs) Okay. I have to take a deep breath. Okay. So I chose Best Original Screenplay as my category, and Rachel assigned me Magnolia by Paul Thomas Anderson from 1999. And then I got confused because when I went on my Apple TV to rent it, it labeled it as 2000, but then everything Mm. else says 1999, and I think it was like in the Oscars for 1999, so I don't know why it was wrong on Apple TV. Um, Oh, interesting. Anyways, this is a film (laughs) about... (laughs) Okay, I don't even know where to begin. So this movie is three hours and eight minutes long. It is, um, it is, uh, Babylon, it's a non- the exact length of Babylon. Yeah, it's the exact length of Babylon. <laughs> it is a pretty much an ensemble cast. Um, it's got Tom Cruise, it's got Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's got William H. Macy, it's got Alfred Molina, it's got Julianne Moore, John C. Riley, it's got other people I've seen before, Felicity Huffman, it's got, um, Patton Oswalt in a very small, short role, it's got, um, just Paul F. Tompkins, like, people Robert Downey Sr. Oh, he had a cameo. I didn't even notice that. Um, yeah, it's got so many people in it. Um, so basically the movie opens with somebody explaining these kind of like phenomenons that happen in life where it's just a matter of coincidence that these like extraordinary things happen and like no one can really explain them and it's basically setting up like, is everything just a coincidence or are there like, is there meaning to these things that happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really liked that part. Like when it opened, I was like, oh, shoot, like, OK, let's get into it. Like, I'm excited. And uh-huh. that's the first like 10 minutes. And then there's like three hours <laughs> of like these interweaving stories of different people just like going about their life in the San Fernando Valley um like there's a guy that's on hospice care there's a Tom Cruise is like a men's rights weird like guy that is like giving (laughs) um what do you call it like conferences to dudes motivational on how to like like get women but also like leave them in the dust or something like I didn't even really understand like what the point was but like he's like literally toxic um um, (laughs) yes I I made the joke to Rachel I was like oh I didn't know that Andrew Tate was just fully doing an impression of Tom Cruise in this movie like literally that was like his whole thing yeah um who else there's a there's a boy that's on like a on a game show 
like a quiz show. Um, <laughs> there's um, a dad that like goes to visit his daughter who's like a junkie and he tells her that he has cancer. There's a cop that's like kind of going through all the, like he finds this murder scene and then he like goes to that same girl that's a junkie and like he's just like basically I didn't really know what was going on throughout most of the movie um it was just like at the end of the day it was just a character study which now I understand but um the middle two and a half hours were really rough for me to get through I'm not not gonna lie um so near the end of the movie I don't know did I miss anybody big oh um Julianne Moore is married to the man that's on um hospice care and she's like going through all these like guilty emotions because she married him for the his money and now she's about to get all the money and she like feels guilty about it and she's also like Mm -hmm. addicted to pain pills or something William H Macy is like a guy that can't hit his sales goals at work and also wants braces because he's in love with this bartender that has braces like it doesn't make any sense (laughs) Well, he was also a child quiz show. Yeah, he was a quiz show child. He was doing something at the very end with a safe, and I didn't know what it was. Are we supposed to not know what he was doing? Like, I don't remember that detail, but... Like, he was driving to this, like, this, like, storage unit with all these keys, and then he He opens a safe, and then he, like, he, like, breaks off the key in the safe, and that's when... Okay, when I got, like, locked back in is when it started (laughs) raining frogs. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just like, okay, I feel like this is going somewhere now. Um, Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, this is all one day. At the end of this one day in the San Fernando Valley, it just starts raining frogs. like and I've never heard like I've heard of Magnolia I've heard of like this movie like I've heard people talk about it I've never heard that it starts raining frogs in this movie (laughs) I hadn't for some reason nobody like spoils that for anybody Uh, here I am spoiling it for everybody (laughs) yeah like um so it starts raining frogs and in my mind I'm like okay this is like a metaphor for what the what are the things that happen to most the plagues Plagues, yeah okay this is like a plague thing and I'm just not really it's it's gonna come together it's gonna come together and then it just nothing happens like it never explains (laughs) the frogs um John C. Riley like the movie literally ends with like John C. Riley explaining to this girl that is like a drug addict that her life is worth something and she's not a bad person (laughs) and like that's how it ends I don't like the John C. Riley character. Okay, so like I said, I feel like it opened really strong with like planting the idea in your mind of does everything happen for a reason or is everything just a coincidence? And then it kind of dives into these like relationship run vignettes of life, which I get. And I get that the frog thing is like just purely subverting expectations like you literally think like this is all going to come together at the end and there's going to be some big reveal right. that like makes it all literally make sense happen. and then it just mm-hmm. like ends so I get it it's very like his whole I guess point was to subvert expectations I think that being said I think I think he succeeded in making me feel the emotions that you're supposed to feel throughout it like being very anxious yeah. being very I guess almost like 
frustrated. You don't really understand what's going on. Be, like feeling the feelings that these characters are feeling throughout their like terrible day. Like literally everyone's having the worst day and it just like gives you a pit in your mm-hmm. stomach. <laughs> but did I enjoy going through all that? Not really. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I think I understand what he was doing. And I just, I just don't know if it's for me. Like, and then I went on yeah. Letterboxd after it was over. And this movie has like more five star reviews than literally, I think, any movie I've seen on Letterboxd. Really? And I think like four, four and a half, five stars. Like, literally, everyone. That's how I felt about Interstellar. Literally, everyone loves <laughs> this movie. And maybe I just need to like sort and see like, the people who rated it like three stars because I think like the ones that get pushed up are the ones being liked by other people who like the movie you know so (laughs) I'm sure there's some people that felt how I feel about it but I'm glad I watched it I will probably never watch it again um yeah I just don't know like at this point I'm like what am I missing like am I just not a PTA girly like that's fine if I'm (laughs) not but I just, yeah. I'm not connecting with what other people seem to connect to in his movies. And that's yeah. okay. Maybe you, sh- maybe you should check out like his the other side of his oeuvre. The one that I'm like not so hot on. Maybe you'll like that side, what, you know? Like the master is one. Okay. The master is one that like people love. Like people like die for that movie. And I was just like not super into yeah. it. So maybe you'll like that. I do think that you'll like Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is more, I feel like, well, it's more kind of just like crowd pleasing, I guess, like across the board. Like, I feel like more people like that one. It's basically like PTA does Scorsese. Okay. Like that type of vibe. I don't Um, know. I just feel like when you said, when you're talking about Interstellar, like, am I dumb? Is there something I'm missing? Like, did I look at my phone <laughs> at the wrong time and like literally miss the key to, that's like something. putting all of yeah. this together? Like, I realized right. that's not that's not the movie he's making. Like, it's not gonna be like something that's yeah. wrapped up in like a clean little box at the end, and like something that right. everybody just gasps and they're so shocked that they didn't see this coming, like kind of thing. Yeah. But also, I'm just like what was the point? <laughs> like, I don't understand yeah. your motivation. That's why That's why I was so curious to, because I wanted to watch, I wanted you to watch this because I was so curious, like what you would think about yeah. it. Yeah. What, so like so. you like, what do you, like, what do you like about the movie so much? So it's honestly been a while since I watched it, but I remember just being very intrigued by the idea of, like you said, it's a character study and each of these characters kind of has like a cause and effect. Like, you know how they ended up where they are basically. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, you kind of get that background as to like what brought them to this point in their lives. I don't know if that's true of each character, Mm -hmm. but I remember like the main characters. And you know, with like the William H. Macy character, it's clear that he's trying to like reclaim this part of his childhood that was taken from him with like the braces and stuff like Uh that because he was kind of like the quiz show kids are both kind of like it's clear that they're basically like abused by their parents or whatever the same could be true of the Tom Cruise character his dad like left him Mm -hmm. right after his mom died right he left him with his sick mom to like take care of her while she died yeah right and so he's obviously trying to like put forward this 
idea of I have the utmost control of my life Mm -hmm. now because I didn't have that Mm -hmm. then and it's kind of just like one of those things I feel like with like I said cause and effect and like also like you said like is anything truly by chance or Mm -hmm. is it is there something that has caused it in the past? Like that kind yeah. of thing. Or is it fate basically right. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I love the idea. Like everything that you just said and the way he, like like I said, the way the movie opens, I was like locked in. I was like, yes, like this is my shit. Yeah. Like I love this shit. And then like, I just didn't think it executed. And not that it didn't execute, but it didn't execute in the way that I enjoy. Um, yeah. But I did watch a interview with Paul Thomas Anderson about the movie. I I watched two YouTube videos. I watched Roger Ebert um, (laughs) give his kind of like take on it. He loved it, which is, I mean, I guess. And then like he was talking to this woman, (laughs) this woman, I don't. I saw a clip of this. Yeah, he was talking to this woman who literally felt the same way I felt about it. It seemed like she was just like, it went nowhere. Like, (laughs) it just like didn't like do what you think it's going to do, which I don't have a problem with. Like I said, like, I'm fine with something not going where I think it's going to go. Obviously, I actually enjoy when that happens usually. But the fact that it just kind of and then I watched a interview with PTA and he was just talking about how he started writing he's so hot and he is really cute I never like watched anything like where he was talking before um he was like I just started writing and I just started writing about these things that were going on in like people I know's life and my life and like just real life things and then he's talking about how the movie's about parent child relationships and like the effects that Mm -hmm. the actions of the parent has on the kids and I see all that throughout right but it was kind of like he didn't really even know like what it was that he was making he was like I was just writing and I just wrote like stories and then I like made a movie it wasn't like here's what I mean like you know like from this it was kind of like I just did this and it's cool and like maybe you like it maybe you don't which is cool like yeah that's awesome that he has that freedom to just kind of like put something very nebulous out there he was so young very young yeah he made this movie when he was like 28 yeah and he had already had two features out by then like that's insane yeah so two successful yeah so I think that's why he his prior success is what enabled him to be able to make that movie because I don't think I don't think today you could like pitch that and a studio would be like yeah here's like a hundred million dollars go hire Tom Cruise like I don't think that would ever happen today (laughs) um no but yeah that's how I felt about it um yeah I'm glad I watched it like I really am just so like kind of very interested in like how people are very like almost reverent towards him as a filmmaker because (laughs) I'm just like okay I like I'm searching for the thing that I see that makes me feel that way because I don't want to compare it but earlier last year this year I went and saw um Mulholland Drive in theaters and that's another movie yeah that's kind of that's another movie where I feel like people I've heard this is a great movie like this is a masterpiece like I'd heard the same thing about Magnolia and like I went and saw it Mm -hmm. in theaters for the first time and I that movie I really was like holy shit like you know like I was like shooketh by that film and like that was another one where like throughout most of the movie you really don't understand what's going on but you're like on the ride Mm -hmm. so that one worked for me this one didn't 
and that's okay. Yeah, that was something I thought about when I assigned it to you. And I was like, I know she liked Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Like this kind of in the same family as that, I guess, like, so to speak. It but, kind of is the same yeah, like anxiety was, inducing feeling throughout that you're just kind of yeah. like, oh, what's happening? But yeah. like, Crazy. yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed you did not give it I a star I didn't give rating. it a star rating because I wanted to sleep on it. Um, and I just, I don't really know how to rate it because I hate, I don't really like coming in and like yucking someone's yum. And like, that seems like a movie that's like yeah. really important to a lot of people. Um, so I didn't want to come in and be like two stars, hated the shit. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I think I would hey, probably, feel bad I, about no, I don't, that. I don't feel bad, but also I honestly don't know where I stand and I don't feel like I always yeah. need to rate everything I watch if that makes sense yeah um, I just logged I in and moved that on with, that's what I did with the shorts yeah. I watched I was like I don't know how to right. write this so I'm just gonna mark it yeah as I really was I was I was really like I don't I don't think I could give it a star because I mean yeah. not that I think it's zero maybe stars in future, maybe in the future if I like yeah. if I can like solidify my thoughts I can but I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it as yeah. is for now I do think it has grown in my memory since I watched it I remember like enjoying it when I watched it I actually have a brief story about when I first watched this movie um it was March of 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had just returned from a work trip was this before to, or after the lockdown well I'm At getting all. to that it was right after I had returned from a work trip in Las Vegas I got back and I landed and my work texted me like go get your stuff from the office we're working from home for the next two weeks <laughs> you're like yes. and so <laughs> I was like yay <laughs> and I went and got my stuff I came home sat down on the couch and I put on Magnolia you're like, this is and the that's time. how I kicked off quarantine oh my God. I feel like I would have felt weird <laughs> but I remember <laughs> I remembered like I I respected it because was that the first time you watched it? it? It was the first time I watched it, and it was I did not get bored oh during like it's I got like bored. three hours. <laughs> I I think but, I think one of one of my issues was um the characters all the acting was good. I'm not saying that I just I didn't personally care about any of the characters. I wasn't like let's get this girl mm-hmm. off cocaine. Let's like this guy is like <laughs> let's get this kid winning yeah. this quiz show like I really wasn't like invested in any of the storylines that much Mm -hmm. and I think that's because it was it really was like this is one day you're not seeing really any you're not flashing back you're not getting like a deeper understanding of who these people are you're just seeing them on this one day and like it does like there's conversations that allude to like what has happened in the past but it's never like digging into like the character's psyche really Mm -hmm. at all so yeah I remember not being super like emotionally attached to anyone but I was invested in like what I mean for a movie that I didn't really love we have been talking about it for a while so I mean I'm guessing (laughs) that was his purpose what a double feature oh my gosh I think we both (laughs) assigned movies that were very us like as individuals yeah and like maybe that's like some of the disconnect with where like what are like yeah what we like that and that's 
fine. That's like what yeah. we wanted to do with this podcast was like kind of explore those differences because I think a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff we grew up with really informed like how we view media. But like there are obviously some big like differences between. Yeah. yeah. And I like, yeah, I like that. that I want you I think you should watch Boogie Nights next because I'm fairly confident that you'll at least enjoy it. Is like, it three hours? Like the story. <laughs> it's pretty long. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't watch it like today, but <laughs> like if the next PTA you tackle should be Boogie okay. Nights. And then after that, you can see if you want to delve into the other okay. side. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. Hey, let's do assignments. Our last week. Yes. Okay. Do you want to start? You want me to say what my category is or you want me to assign? You say what your category is. Okay, so I chose Best Picture because it's just a good way to wrap up these assignments. The biggest award in film overall, so... And there's probably a lot I haven't seen from like earlier years. I was realizing as I was trying to assign like yours, like I'd go through like all mm-hmm. the nominations and I'm like, really? Two, like once you hit 2000 is when I've seen a lot more movies, even in the 90s, like there's a lot that I haven't seen. Yeah. So there's, I'm sure there's a wealth of films that I haven't seen from the best picture category. Yeah, this was an exciting one because actually back in like high school, I think I set out on a mission to watch every movie that had ever won best mm-hmm. picture um and, I and think you never I told me about this mission except- i didn't know this <laughs> <laughs> maybe you were in college already. we didn't speak remember. for a few years <laughs> <laughs> I did all except I think a couple at this point, but I might need to like rummage around and see if I can find my handwritten list that I made (laughs) (laughs) checking off. Um, But what I decided to assign you was one that stood out to me from that mission (laughs) that I set out on. Because it, um, it's one that I really, really enjoyed, surprisingly to me. Um, and it's one that I've actually talked to you about recently because of one of its stars is F. Murray Abraham. <gasps> Love. Who was back in the, <laughs> back in the consciousness uh-huh. during White Lotus. Um, so I'm going to give you Amadeus. Yay! Which, I was actually looking at that one today picture. and I was like, I really want to watch that. <laughs> Yay! It won Best Picture back in 1985. Wow. It came out in 84, but during the 85 awards, it won. And F. Murray um, Abraham plays Mozart? No, he plays Salieri, oh. who is like his kind of arch. Oh, okay. Slash. Who plays Mozart? Slash. Um, Mozart is played by Tom Hulse. Okay. I don't this know is another movie that Hulse. I've heard like just people love so I'm excited yeah and we talked about it with the favorite how I'm not like typically into this time period piece but this movie though goes hard this movie hits (laughs) yeah okay I might be able to get him to watch this one with me I couldn't get him to watch Magnolia with me I think that (laughs) I think I think he would go to sleep (laughs) immediately um um this one's a little bit long as well, but I think that you will have a better time okay, with it. Okay, I'm excited. Yay! Yay! All right, <laughs> All right, so the category I chose, as we've t- 
as we've discussed, you know, ad nauseum in the past few episodes, the best actor category this year is just one that has, for the duration of award season, I feel like has just been totally up Mm -hmm. in the air for me. And I kind of can see it going, you know, one of three ways. Um, So I chose best actor this week. Okay, this is also just like hard for me because I feel like there's only so many that I've seen that you haven't seen. Um, So I, I actually have two options for you and I feel like you can choose my first option is Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea did he win I think he won in 2016 for this performance there is there has been controversy surrounding Casey Affleck and that was really actually hard about this category too because I was like scrolling through and I was like toxic toxic like there's so many people <laughs> yes like johnny Depp. Really get your like shit together men Kevin Spacey. <laughs> it's just like a lot of people that i'm just like yeah not sold are good people but um mm-hmm. there's a performance in this movie that is not casey affleck and i'm forgetting the guy's name <laughs> yes hedges. lucas hedges in this movie i love him is extraordinary this movie is very emotional it's like a good story yeah. it has like a really like like it's kind of gut-wrenching almost um and it and it, it does have like a twist at the end not like a twist but like just like a reveal that maybe you don't really see coming so you could you could watch that or and you already mentioned this earlier in the episode you could watch rocky because sylvester stallone ah. <laughs> shockingly <laughs> Did get nominated for Best Actor in Rocky in 1976. He didn't win, thank God, because if you uh-huh. do watch these movies, Sylvester Stallone is not known for his, like, acting chops, like, really. Yeah. So um, it could be a little cringe, but you do want to watch it. So those are your two options. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was all prepared to already say Manchester by the Sea because I have been wanting to watch that. But now I don't know. So we could save Rocky (laughs) for like another time if we wanted to do like a sports movie theme week or something like that. Because I really don't think like if you want to see a best actor like performance, like it's not going to be Sylvester Stallone and Rocky. Like, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do, I'll do Manchester then. Let's do that. Yeah. Fun. I know it'll probably make me cry. It's like, I remember like crying like hard, (laughs) like in the theater. Ooh. And Lucas Hedges is is really, really, really good in it. Yeah. I really, really enjoy him as an actor in everything I've seen him in. And you get to listen to the fun Massachusetts accent. Boston. Or yeah, Massachusetts. (laughs) And Michelle Williams. Another timely connection. She's she's Michelle Williams in this for sure. Um. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Longest episode yet. Very exciting. I know. We we told y'all extravaganza. It's an extravaganza. (laughs) Well, alrighty, y'all. Will be sure to like and subscribe to us um, on your podcast platform. Go to our Instagram at Watching Up Pod to. Keep up with our shenanigans yep. over there. What else? You can email us, watchinguppod at gmail.com. All your thoughts. If you're mad at me that I didn't like Magnolia, <laughs> you can let me know. Um, 
Are we mad at me that I didn't like Interstellar? <laughs> I mean, I liked it okay. I think you liked Interstellar <laughs> more it. than I liked Magnolia. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, thank you all so much for listening to this lengthy episode. And we will be back next week post Oscars. Yes. We'll be talking. We'll be talking about it all. We're going to mention it all. Oscars. <laughs> it's going to be an event. So we will see you next right, week. Bye. Bye. No, no, that's all I have to say. Thank you.